Welcome back, or if it's your first time here, then thank you for joining us. This is the Doula's Guide to dot 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 with me, Meg, also known as the Dungaree Doula. It's the podcast where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth and parenting. My aim is to share unbiased information alongside a bit of friendly chit chat to ensure that you head into parenthood feeling confident and excited for what's to come. If you're new to the podcast and would like to know more about me, then go and check out the very first episode for a little introduction and a big chat on hypnobirthing, and then follow it up with the following episodes for some great birth and parenting preparation. If you love the podcast, you can leave me a little tip to say thank you for all of the work that I put into it by buying me a coffee. The link is in the show notes, so a huge thank you in advance if you do do that. Before we begin, I also want to remind you that I now have a pre-recorded online course, which is a full antenatal and hypnobirthing course, which you can sign up to and work through in your own time. There are over 30 modules to work through, which are each made up of video content with PDF downloads, hypnobirthing MP3 tracks, relaxation tracks, journaling prompts, birth plan templates, birth partner checklists, and so, so much more. It's only £37, which is an absolute steal for a full antenatal education. But then to further celebrate the launch of season two, you can use the code podcast or an extra 20% off, which brings it down to £29. Just click the link in the show notes or head to my website, which is the dungaredoulet.co.uk and head to the online course page. So a huge, huge welcome to season two of the doula's guide to dot 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 how exciting is that we made it to season two there was 33 episodes in season one so there was 31 full episodes and two bonus episodes and now we've had our little summer break i am back with season two for more incredible birth and parenting preparation I hope that everyone had a super amazing, super fun summer. I know that we did. I mean, I know the weather was a little bit naff for a lot of people, but I quite like moody, rainy weather. I'm sorry, but I do. (laughs) So it was fine for me. And also like nothing really changed for us because my children don't go to school because we home educate. We didn't have that sort of stark contrast of it being the school holidays. The only thing that kind of changes for us is that if anything, we do less in the summer because everywhere becomes really overcrowded and uh, we prefer it when it's term time and everything's a little bit quieter so actually our summer is a little bit quieter it's probably quite the opposite to people who have children who go to school but we loved it we had a really great time we went to blue dot festival which was incredibly muddy we went last year as well and we love it it's our favorite festival it's incredible for families it's like a mix of uh, really good music um, but also science so it's loads of sciencey stuff it's space themed and um, it's at the Lovell telescope at jodrell bank it's a really really cool festival but it rained the entire time that we were there and it was just a bog by the end of it it was a bog you couldn't even walk around the arena or anything so we ended up leaving early on the Sunday but we had a really incredible time at Blue Dot we kind of classed that as our summer holiday really we also did a couple of camping trips and we kind of just hung hung around hung around hung around with our friends played in the woods things like that so yeah I hope everyone else has had as much fun as we have had in our rainy rainy summer and now it's September. I'm feeling really good. I love this time of year. I absolutely love September time. I love it as we transition into autumn. I love that like it's a sense of a new beginning. I think because everyone does just associate it with going back to school, even though we don't have that. I still associate it with new beginnings, new sort of 
new, new, I don't know, new term, I guess, even though, yeah, I don't know why I still think like that when I've done so much work to unschool my brain and unschool our family. But I still think of September as coming around, bringing these new beginnings, these new terms. And I love it. I love this time of year. I love autumn. And it's also my daughter's birthday, my eldest daughter's birthday in September. And she's going to be turning five in a couple of weeks, which is just insane to me that she's about to turn five and I've been a mum for five years and her birth was the one that really did set me on this path of wanting to be a doula and wanting to be a hypnobirthing teacher so I'll be forever ever grateful for that experience. I do actually have a podcast episode about my experience with her birth. I'm not sure what episode number it is, but it's called How Hypnobirthing Helped When the System Meddled in My First Birth. I think that's what it's called. So if you are interested in that, coming up to the fifth anniversary of that event happening, um, do go and check that out. So after that sort of <laughs> long, long preamp, um, I'm going to get into what this episode's about. And I thought it would be nice to kick off season two with a chat about what I think makes a brilliant birth partner and some of the things that I think you should consider when choosing who to welcome into your birth space. So I'm not going to talk too much about sort of the practical things that your birth partner should be doing because I've planned to talk about that in another episode. So I'm going to have another episode where I talk about all the sort of practical stuff that you should talk through with your birth partner and the things that they should physically be doing. But I want to talk about what I think makes a brilliant birth partner as a person, what their values should be, what they should be interested in, how they should be holding you, how they should be supporting you, how they should be creating space for you to have the birth that you deserve. So I made an Instagram post about this, um, I don't know when, (laughs) a few weeks ago, and I've been thinking about it a lot since, and I really just wanted to get it down in podcast form so that I could elaborate on my thoughts on what makes a brilliant birth partner. And this is literally just my opinion, and I'm sure there will be people out there who disagree. Not everyone is going to think that the same things are important. So just take the parts of this that resonate for you. But the reason that I'm recording it, that I'm recording my thoughts on it, is because I think that it might give people another perspective and other things to think about. Because so often, when we talk about birth partners, we do talk about what they should be doing, all of the practical things, and we give them loads of stuff to do. And that's great, because we want our birth partners to feel like a proactive part of the birth team and we want them to be doing lots and we want to know that everything is taken care of and we don't have to worry about it so that side of it is super super important and I'm not downplaying it at all but I think sometimes we don't put enough of a focus on the way that yeah we want them to hold space for us and the way that we do not want them to bring their own fears into the birth space and the way that we really want them to be on the same page as us and things like that. So that's the sort of thing that I'm going to be elaborating on a little bit more in this episode. And I hope that it's super helpful for you. If it is, you might even want to send it to your birth partner if you think that your birth partner would happily sit and listen to some weird doula with a strong whole accent banging on about birth partners for however long this episode ends up being. So if there's any birth partners listening, hello, thank you, I salute you. So let's get into it. 
what do I think makes a top-notch banging birth partner? And again, I'd like to reiterate, I've said this in many episodes before, your birth partner can be whoever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be your romantic partner. It can be your mum. It can be your best friend. It can be your doula. It can be your neighbour. It can be an auntie. It can be your sister. It can be anyone you want it to be. It doesn't have to be who society expects it to be. If you've got a romantic partner who you obviously absolutely love because you've made a baby with them if you have a romantic partner who you absolutely love but you just know would be a really shit birth partner because they just don't have the temperament for it maybe they're really super squeamish maybe they've got like a really irrational fear of birth that they just cannot work through anything whatever reason it is if you think they're going to be a really rubbish birth partner and you don't feel like you will be able to relax with your romantic partner in your space it's okay to talk it through with them and say I'm not 100% sure if you're the right person to be there at the bed how do you feel about it because maybe they'll sigh a massive sigh of relief and be like yeah I didn't want to say that out loud but you're absolutely right I also feel like I would be rubbish and I'm not sure that I'm the right person to be there so if you're currently in that headspace of thinking that they're going to be really rubbish and that there's nothing you can do to work through it, you don't want them to, you'd rather them just not be there, open up that conversation, the earlier the better, and then find someone who can be that support, that rock for you, maybe that is a doula, maybe that is your mum, maybe that is a friend or someone like that, it doesn't have to be your romantic partner, obviously it's incredible if you do have a romantic partner and they want to be involved, great, really going to boost up the oxytocin, but if they're not the right birth partner for you, that's okay too unless obviously you really really want them to and not having them there is going to upset you then you want to try and get them to work through whatever it is that's blocking them because if you really super want them there and you think they're going to be a super a super help they're going to boost up that oxytocin they're going to make you feel really safe then get them to put the work in see if you can work through something so that they can sort of be a better birth partner for you and your baby So the first thing that I think is super important is having an unwavering trust in your body's ability to give birth to your baby. I think this is so important for a birth partner to just completely trust that your body knows how to give birth, that you do not need any help, that you do not need any assistance, that you do not need any interference, that your body knows how to give birth. And the reason that I think this is so important is because I think if you have a birth partner in the room who doesn't trust your ability, not not you in general, like they're not thinking, oh, my partner's shit, she's not going to be able to give birth. (laughs) Not in that way, just in a way in general, if they view birth as being unsafe, if they view birth as being a medical event that always needs assistance, then that's not a great presence to have in the room because they're going to be on edge the whole time. They're going to be waiting for something to go wrong. They're going to be looking for something going wrong. They're going to be checking. You're going to be able to sense their nervous energy in the room. You want people in the room who really, really trust in your body's ability to give birth to your baby. And this is no shade to people who maybe do need medical assistance because I know there's going to be some people who are thinking, well, this doesn't this doesn't resonate with me because I do not have an unwavering trust in my body's ability to give birth to my baby. Maybe the, you have a disability or something that is going to stop you from being able to have a completely physiological birth. Maybe you are going to need some help along the way and that's fine too. Whatever your situation is, is that your partner has a complete trust 
in whatever whatever way it's going to go so if you're planning a physiological birth your partner has an unwavering trust in your body's ability to have a physiological birth if for whatever reason you do need assistance then your birth partner has an unwavering trust in your birth being safe being a safe event whatever needs to happen because you do not want them in there looking for signs that things are going wrong you do not want them in there being nervous being on edge thinking that something bad might happen you want them in there as just a firm solid rock that's just like yes you can do this I trust you I trust that your body is safe I trust that birth is safe I trust that you are going to bring our baby into this world in the way that you know how and that is going to be a huge huge boost for you because you're not going to be nervous if they're nervous it's going to make you nervous you could have done all of the work in the world all of the inner work you could be walking into birth feeling like the biggest boss ever like I've got this I know that I can do this I'm gonna have an incredible physiological birth I trust in my body But if you've got a partner in the room who you know is not on the same page, who you know is nervous, you're going to sense that and you're going to start to doubt yourself and you're going to be like, well, I'm in the zone, but my partner's over there sweating, stressed. Why? Why don't they trust me? Should I not trust me? Am I being stupid? Am I being naive? Maybe I should be worried. You're going to have these doubts that creep in. So it's really, really great if you can get into that headspace where you have the inner trust but your birth partner needs to also have that inner trust, whoever your birth partner may be. The second thing that I think is super important in a birth partner is just a willingness to support your needs, a willingness to support your wants, a willingness to support your wishes throughout your pregnancy and birth, whatever they may be. So they're centering you as the person who knows best and they're willing to support you in whatever you need. So whatever you need from out throughout your pregnancy, whatever you need throughout your birth, your birth partner needs to support that. Even if it doesn't align with what they originally thought birth may look like or pregnancy may look like. If your birth partner is coming at sort of pregnancy and birth from a standpoint of the way that the majority of society looks at birth, so in the way that, you know, it's quite dangerous it takes place in a hospital maybe the only things they've seen of birth is like shows like one born every minute or the horrendous birth scenes that we constantly see portrayed in the tv and in media and in films and things like that if that's the only experience they have of people being pregnant and people giving birth then their view of birth is not necessarily going to be a holistic one. It's not going to be one that thinks that, you know, people can have physiological births. It's not going to be one that thinks that it's safe to have a home birth and things like that. But that's fine as long as they have a willingness to support your wants and your wishes for what you want throughout the pregnancy and birth. And that really does tie into the first point of having that unwavering trust because that unwavering trust is probably not going to be there at the beginning as I've just said, society has this like massive chokehold on us all where it's just telling us that birth is unsafe, uh, birth needs to take place in the hospital, birth always needs intervention. That is what we're being programmed to believe. So that is likely what your birth partner believes. They might not, and that's great. I've worked with some birth partners who have been more on board with home birth and things like that than the actual person giving birth, but it's generally the other way around. Generally, birth partners are not necessarily on that same page. It takes them a little bit longer. 
So to get to that point of that unwavering trust, they need that willingness to support you. They need to send to you as the expert in your own body. They need to send to you as the person who is pregnant and who is giving birth and who knows best. And they will need to just be completely willing to support what it is you want and to do whatever they need to, to get to the same page that you are currently on. Because as we said, if you're not, that's when fear and doubt and things like that are going to going to creep in and going to have an impact. If you are listening to this and thinking a little bit like, this all sounds a little bit far out, a little bit like hippie, dippy stuff, a little bit airy-fairy, I'm not sure that I'm on board yet, then I would really, really urge you to listen to the Positive Birth Mindset episode, which was, again, I don't know the episode number, it was super early on, maybe even like episode two or episode three, I did a full episode on why it's so important to build up a positive birth mindset, and it's a massive part of hypnobirthing, but it all comes down to how our nervous system responds to situations that we're in. So this is something that happens in everyday life not just in birth but obviously when we're in birth when we're going into birth our nervous system will respond in one of three ways and one of those ways is a fight or flight response and one of those ways is a ventral vagal response which is the rest and digest it if our subconscious mind is completely filled with birth horror stories or even not completely filled just a bit filled with horror stories completely filled with like fear and with doubt and things like that when you go into birth even if on the surface you feel calm if your subconscious has those fears and those niggles around birth stored in it then it's going to have a fight or flight reaction and that's going to really, really impact your birth. So definitely, definitely go and listen to that episode. It's probably maybe even the number one podcast episode that I would recommend everyone listens to, the one on building up a positive birth mindset, because it will really help you to see why all of the stuff that we're recommending, all of the things that doulas and hitting a birthing teachers are sort of saying is so important, um, really is rooted in science and really is important and really can really impact your birth and the route that your birth goes down so listen to that one get super informed on why it's important to go into birth sort of free from fear and then make sure that your birth partner is yeah on board with that they're also getting rid of their fears and they're also willing to support your needs and your wants and your wishes for pregnancy and birth and yeah like I said whatever they may be if your needs and your wishes are to have a free birth if your needs and your wishes are to have a home birth if your needs and your wishes are to I don't know fly away to an island completely undisturbed and give birth in the middle of the sea your birth partner is willing to support that as long as you're making that decision with a rational mind. <laughs> but if you are, then your birth partner is like, yeah, that's fine. We'll go and do that. So get them on the same page as you. Make sure that they understand what you want and why you want it so that they can best support you. You don't want them just going along with anything if they don't fully agree with it. You want them to be on the same page as you throughout everything. So my next top tip that I really think all birth partners would massively, massively benefit from is a knowledge of how physiological birth works when completely just left undisturbed. And that's not saying that every single birth partner needs to know like the intricacies of how to have a free birth or something like that. Like they don't need to be a birth expert, but they definitely need knowledge of how physiological birth works, right? This is because physiological birth 
doesn't look like what we see on TV. We very rarely see physiological birth. So it can be quite confusing. It can be quite confronting for birth partners to, yeah, just know that we can just leave birth alone and it will just happen. And it can also ensure that they don't freak out at any point. Because, right, if if they don't know that physiological birth can take quite a long time, if they don't know that sometimes early labour can stop and start, if they don't know that transition is a thing, they could get completely freaked out. And again, that could derail everything. If they want to be the best support for you, they need to know what's going to happen to you, right? They need to know, they need to be prepared. They need to know what's coming up. So physiological birth, when left undisturbed, you're going to journey through these phases of labor, right? And it's going to look different for everybody. It really is. I can't emphasize that enough. Nobody is going to like hit every single checkbox of this is how a textbook labor goes, right? Because it's just unrealistic. It's not. Labor has many different variations within it, many different variations of normal. But if you can have a knowledge of how physiological birth works, of how the phases sort of journey alongside each other, what sort of things are coming up, like that especially, like I said, that transition phase. So again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I have a podcast episode again from right at the beginning, I don't know the episode number, um, on the stages of labour give that a listen because I really do talk about in detail how labour might look, the different stages, the different signs to look out for, different tips for each stage. Then listen to that and make sure your birth partner listens to that one too. It is so, so, so important that they know what's coming up. So yeah, so that they can best support you at every stage and so that they don't freak out or bring fear or sort of any sort of irrational worries about what's going on. If normal things are happening that they just didn't know was normal. So yeah, learn all about physiological labour and then make sure that your birth partner does the same too. Make sure they have their own little toolbox of ways that they can support you as you journey through labour. My next thing that I think is really, really important, again, it ties into everything that we've said so far, but is I think all birth partners really, really need to have an openness to discuss and work through their own fears and biases around birth. So I've just explained to you why this is so important, but I really think they need to be open to this. I think if you're choosing who you want to have on your birth team, you need to choose someone who is willing to do this, who is open to discussing and working through it. You do not want somebody there who has just really deep down repressed loads of worries that they've got around birth, who has deep down repressed loads of horror stories around birth. You want someone who is open to discuss in their fears, open to discuss in their biases around birth. And I'm not saying that all birth partners have got like repressed fears of birth, because it's likely that a lot of them do. A lot of birth partners have probably not given much thought to birth, which is actually quite a good thing, because it means their subconscious is almost a blank state when it comes to birth, right? A blank slate even. So if their subconscious is just a blank slate around birth, that's really great because it means that you can fill it up with loads of positive things, right? You can fill it up with how physiological birth might look, how your labour might look. Um, You can fill it up with other people's positive stories. You can fill it up in a really nice way. So if your birth partner is a complete blank slate and they don't have any fears or biases around birth, that's amazing. That's someone you want on your birth team, someone who's not got much sort of shit to work through. 
and you can just easily like they're really willing to just put the work in to make it good but that's not going to be right for everybody is it a lot of people do have their own baggage especially if your birth partner is maybe someone who has been through birth their self then they're gonna have stuff that they need to work through and that's fine a lot of us do but you just need to make sure that they're open to doing it, to doing the work. So doing things like fear release exercise, they could be using the affirmations themselves, they could be using guided relaxation tracks. Um, if they've had like birth trauma in the past, they might want to talk to somebody and have therapy for that. They want to have a birth debrief. There are so many different things that people can do to work through their own fears and biases. And you know, trust that if they're saying they're putting the work in, that they're doing it in their own way that's right for them because the way that people work through things it's going to be different right what works for you is not going to work for me it's not going to work for your birth partner blah 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 so trust that they're doing this as long as you feel that yeah they're open to discussing it they're open to working through their fears and they're just yeah they're willing to unlearn any of the stories they may have learned or they may have even picked up accidentally you know if your birth partner is your romantic partner and they go to work and they're constantly hearing you know different people at work who have given birth talking about their horror stories they're gonna have that in their brain like I remember when I was pregnant the second time around and my partner who's yeah my romantic partner also my birth partner he went to drop some work off that he had made for a client and he dropped it off to his client and they got talking about the fact that I was due any day and he's saying that we were planning a home birth and his um like his client who he dropped off some work had said to him like uh that's a terrible idea like my wife had had x y and z happen to her during labor I would never support a home birth or something like that and I think it kind of shook my partner up a little bit and then he came home and sort of was like hmm I've been told this and we just sat and we worked through it and we was like you know where's that coming from that's not our story to take on and we worked through it and we worked through the things that he was worried about so that he could get back into that headspace of yeah that's fine actually I feel confident we're gonna have this incredible home birth and we're back on the same page. And then I also have just two more things that I think is a really a really good sort of skills for birth partners to have basically. So one of them is patience. I just think you need a birth partner who is patient. If if your birth partner is not a patient person, then they're going to be in for a shock when you go into labor. And even for just pregnancy in general, like and parenting Jesus Christ you need patience when you are a parent so they might as well start practicing now if they don't already have it but your birth partner needs to be patient they need to be patient for when your due date probably comes and goes right for those end bits of pregnancy when you're waiting around when nothing much is happening when you're getting 75 texts a day from your family members and friends saying any signs yet for when the midwives are saying we need to get you booked for an induction all of these things that are happening at the end that are super stressful and annoying and would just be not as big of a deal if everybody could just have a little bit more patience so you need your birth partner to definitely have that patience you do not want them adding to the mental load that you get when you get towards the end of pregnancy so patience for when due dates come and go and patience for labor like I said if they understand how labor works they understand that there's going to be times when they just need to be patient sometimes labor gives us pauses sometimes labor doesn't fit with conventional timings sometimes labor stops and starts sometimes it just goes on and on and on and your birth partner just needs to have patience they need to just have that that unwavering support that unwavering trust 
and just patience just just chill out just let things happen just trust that things are happening in the right timing your baby knows when to be born your baby's not late your baby's not being a pain in the bum your baby's not being stubborn your baby is just waiting until they're fully developed so that they have the best chance at the best start in life when they are born so if we can have patience reframing reframing how we think about due dates reframing how we think about when babies are born reframing how we think about how long labor should last and things like that they're going to be a better birth partner 100% and the final thing the final thing that I think is super important and that all birth partners should have a, a sort of a skill well not, it's not necessarily a skill I guess just I don't know what I would really call these they're almost not even tips they're just I guess they're just attributes all of these attributes that I think a a birth partner should have and the final one is just someone who will support you fight your corner and do whatever you require of them to ensure you get the birth that you deserve so I know this sounds quite like almost aggressive I guess and it's not meant to it's not meant to sound aggressive it's just you need to have somebody in your corner and you need to have someone that you trust in your corner because you do not want to be doing any of the fighting or any of the advocating that you might be faced with. You definitely, it's not like a given that you will have to fight at all. You might never have to advocate for yourself. You might just have a super easy pregnancy, a super easy birth and never have to advocate. But you want to know that your birth partner will fight for you and will do whatever is required of them for you to get the birth that you want and deserve should they need to. So should they need to advocate? Should they need to request a change of midwife? Should they need to um, say no to somebody? Should they need to have tricky conversations? Should they need to protect your space? Whatever it is that they might need to do, do you trust that they will take care of it? Your birth partner needs to be someone you trust to take care of it because they're going to be within your space and you do not have to, you do not want to be worrying about this you do not want to think well you know shit hits the fan and I need someone to advocate my birth partner is going to crumble and it'll be left to me because you're not going to be in the headspace to be advocating you do not want to it's going to take you out of the part of your brain that you want to be in you do not want to be in the logical part of your brain when you are giving birth you want to just be you want to be out of it you want to be in the zone you want to be in your body so you need somebody who's going to answer those questions and who's going to do what you need them to do should anything arise should anything not come up that you do not want to happen you're just like it's fine it's no big deal my birth partner can sort it we're so on the same page I trust them so much that I don't even have to worry I don't even have to give it a second of thought and I think that's super super important so yeah just someone on your team on your side that will do what you need them to do should you need it and hopefully you were I don't know how many times I've said this hopefully you will never need to advocate you'll never need to fight your corner hopefully none of these things ever happen but if they do that's fine we're not worried we've got a birth partner who we know will support us unequivocally through anything that comes up and that's it that is in my humble opinion all of the attributes that I think makes an incredible birth partner and like I said I'm not talking about the practical things that they're actually going to do because I will put that in another episode but in my very humble opinion 
as a doula, as somebody who supports birth, who is a birth partner, this is what I think sort of from the foundations of, yeah, a really boss birth partner. And yeah, rest assured that, you know, if I was your doula, or hopefully if you hire a doula, they would have all of these skills. They would have all of these attributes. They would have an unwavering sort of trust in your body's ability to give birth to your baby. They would be there to support you in all of your choices. They would know inside and out what you want. They would fight your corner. And that's why doulas are so great because you already know that they're coming into it with no baggage. They've worked through their shit. They've got no fears. They've got no biases. They're there to support you. So yeah, doulas have all these skills already, but if you do not want a doula or if you've got a doula, but you've also got another birth partner or whatever it is, these are the things that I think you should be looking for in your birth partner. And like I said, you know, if that doesn't fit with the traditional sort of person we think should be your birth partner, that's fine. You're allowed to ask somebody else to do it or you're allowed to ask your partner to step the fuck up. You are the one that is pregnant. You are the one that is bringing life into this world. If your romantic partner is not willing to step up to do these things, then you need to have a word with them and you need to say, no, I need you. I'm asking you as your romantic partner, as your life partner, as your wife, girlfriend, whatever you refer to yourself as, I'm asking you to step up and do this for me and to do this for our baby because it's really important to me and I really need to make sure that we're on the same page and just sit down and have that frank discussion with them and hopefully you know they will want to do it and they will want to be there for you and they'll be like yeah of course I completely understand now because yeah we kind of touched on it so many times but society doesn't want us to think that birth is sort of anything other than a medical event really does it doesn't want us to think that it is actually a really sacred rite of passage and it can be a really incredible physiological experience it can be a huge bonding experience for us with our partners with our babies and it should be just all this really incredible blissful experience and birth partners are not always coming at it from that angle which is completely understandable because it's a societal problem at large so we sometimes just need to reiterate to our birth partners I don't want that. I don't want to settle for the bare minimum. I want to have a really blissful, really positive, really empowering experience. And for me to do that, I'm going to go through this huge transition and I need your support throughout it. So I hope that this has been an enjoyable listen, an enjoyable start to season two of the podcast. And I hope that it's also been helpful and interesting and maybe just given you some more things to think about. Like I said, it is just my opinion. So just take what resonates because there might be other things that are more important to you. This is what's most, most important to me. So if you'd like to discuss any aspect of your pregnancy and birth including birth partners alongside your birth partner in more detail then be sure to book in for a power hour with me which is a one-off one hour session to get clarity on your circumstances for just 50 pounds i'll pop the information in the show notes and remember whilst you're there to check out my pre-recorded online hypnobirthing and antenatal course as well if you have any more questions, then come and hang out on Instagram where I'm at the Dungaree Doula. And please let me know if you enjoyed the episode. Do be sure to check out the show notes for all the links too. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do stick around. I have so many incredible episodes with so many incredible guests coming up in season two. So stick around, like, follow and subscribe or leave a little review if you don't mind. It's so very helpful for getting my podcast and my work in general in front of more people. So leaving a little review is very helpful and very much appreciated. Speak soon.
See you next week. Bye.